0: Hey, man. What's up? Are you a fan of comedy? You know it. Are you a fan of comic books? Love them. Well, then why aren't you listening to the Comical Podcast? Man, I don't even know who them cats are. They're two funny guys from Houston who put on a weekly show all about comedy and comic books. Oh, yeah? where I find them at? You can find them at a lot of places. You can find them at comicalpodcast.com or you can find them at yourcityradio.com. Say again? That's yourcityradio.com. What'd you call me? I called you uh, a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> God, hello you guys, and welcome to Comical Podcast episode 69. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is As F.
1: <laughs> I'm like Lord Horstocles. Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, totally,
1: right? <laughs> totally. Like really super pitching How are you doing today, Mr. Horstacles? Oh, I'm doing just great. I got my hair and my nails done. Oh, that's totally hot. For sure. <laughs> Oh my God. All right, enough
0: of that. <laughs> we kept it up for 20 seconds.
2: <laughs>
0: Valley dudes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, let's get right into things because we have a lot to talk about this week. What were your top two books this week, man? Hey, my number
1: two was clearly Empty. Number two.
0: Oh, yeah. Empty is really good. That was actually my pick of the week. Uh, Jimmy Robinson is doing everything in this book he's doing the writing, the lettering, the coloring, the covers. Everything. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's actually doing that. <laughs> he's totally doing it. For sure. <laughs> so, like, in the first issue, you remember we talked about it, and we said that we both really loved the story, but that the artwork and some of the other elements of the book kind of suffered a little bit because maybe he was doing too much in the book. I still kind of feel that way, but I feel like the artwork improved in this issue. I think the artwork's actually growing on me. I'm getting used to the strike next. and the <laughs> it, could, it could just be that I'm, I'm getting used to it, but I also think that it's improved. I think that the coloring's better. I think he put a lot more time and a lot more detail into stuff in this particular issue than he did in the first one.
1: You think he rushed on the first one?
0: Um, Trying to get it out there? Maybe. Maybe. I, you know, it could just be a, a learning curve,
1: you know. I'm thinking that the story in book two was just so much more intense and was so much more what was going on that you kind of didn't pay attention to the art as much.
0: Maybe that's what it was. But basically, the two girls are together. You've got the one girl from Eden who anything she touches, she can bring back to life. And you've got the other girl who's from the wasteland where... She has to survive on her wits and by killing animals and, you know, surviving. So they get into a few scraps with some local, you know, assumingly mindless animals. And uh, the Eden girl is very confused because they don't have violence where she's from. And they don't, they don't eat meat. And they don't understand what this world is. So they're trying to learn each other's cultures and try to figure stuff out. And uh, things take a weird turn somewhere in the middle of the book where the wasteland girl wakes up after sleeping. And the Eden girl is completely gone. So her and her fox hunt down the girl and find her in the den of one of these supposedly mindless animals. These dog-looking creatures. Right, and it turns out they're not mindless. It turns out that she just had no idea how to communicate with them, and nobody in her race had a way to communicate with them either. But the Eden girl is incredibly smart and like, hyper-intelligent and learned to communicate with them very quickly. So anyways, like, the dog people uh, want to help them with their quest, so they give them the son of the king of the dog people to go with them. And the new party of four, the fox and the Eden girl and the wasteland girl and the dog, go out. And they're exploring the wasteland. And they find the giant roots, which are the source of all the desolation in the area. And at first, the Eden girl tries to heal it.
1: Well, she successfully does that.
0: She successfully heals the very outside of it. She manages to bring a little bit of it back to life. But there's something really wrong with these roots. They're huge, and they stretch for miles and miles, and they're red and thorny. And they look kind of like veins a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so she tries to heal it. She heals the outer layer of it, but she says there's something really wrong on the inside. Spoilers! So, uh, yeah, you find out a little bit more about those. I'm, I'm sure you can guess that there's some science fiction kind of stuff science going on here. So uh, it's it's a really cool story. I kind of feared in the beginning that it was going to go like the way of Ferngully <laughs> a little bit. Jesus. Like, but, oh my god, Ferngully? I know, I know. But it didn't. It's taken an interesting turn, and I really like it.
1: It's totally bitching, and I'm just like... I like how the girl took her metal stuff off and stuck it into the rocks and says so that's so what she was sleeping under. It's pretty freaking sweet. There's
0: a lot of clever little things in this book. I thought it was really good.
1: I like how she hook, hooks them on and she can use them with slicing tools and everything else. She's pretty badass. Yeah, they're very multi-purpose. You can fly with them. That was <laughs> kind of cool too, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What was your number one
1: book then? Hey, my number one was Witches Number 5 by Scott Snyder.
0: And Jock. Yeah, Jock. <laughs> Jock just is just as important as Scott in this book because the artwork really brings it to life. Artwork
1: crews me out, dude.
0: <laughs> Jock. This might be the creepiest issue of the series. Uh, witches was actually my number two book. This is all about the dad. His daughter's gone missing. His wife doesn't remember their daughter. Because the
1: witch said she was, that was going to happen.
0: Right. Anybody he talks to doesn't remember his daughter. So he finds this cop who knows about the witches and gets this cop to lead him to where the tree is. And the cop is like, sure, I'll take you there, but you're just going to die. There's nothing you can do against them. They're way more powerful than you'll ever be. But the guy before it told him all the stuff he needed to know. So when he gets there, he takes off his clothes and rubs the stank on himself so the witches won't be able to see him. <laughs> you got to rub some stank on it. <laughs> <laughs> and he prepares as best one can for this. Who the fuck carries around a box of, I mean, a, a jar of stank? I think the guy gave it to him, didn't he? Well, who the hell carries a jar of stank? Well, somebody who's uh, used to dealing with these witches, I'm sure. Okay, do you right? got a jar of stank? I can make you one real quick. <laughs> I don't need that stank.
1: <laughs> we don't need your no stank. <laughs> hey, we'll box up that stank and we'll send it out to the comic syndicate, bastards. <laughs> what, an exchange for your horse costume? I don't need that horse thing. <laughs> Continue on with the witches. So anyways, he goes down into the hole.
0: He, he climbs in the tree. He's covered in the stank so the witches won't see him, and he's walking by them. He can actually see them now. You see them up close for the first time, and they look creepy. That was creepy as crap. And he's doing his best to not get detected uh, he's doing his best to stay in the shadows and make it to the center of the place, the the heart, the cauldron, as they called it, where his daughter might actually be. So as he gets deeper and deeper, he starts to realize like he's not really going to be able to escape this. And he does eventually find her. And when he finds her, it flashes to the guy outside of the tree, the policeman, and he's like, "I told you when you got to the cauldron, the heat was going to get too hot and the stank was going to wear off. They were all coming for you." And
1: uh, like I know that the next issue is just going to be completely insane. So you think uh, he gets to the exit, but he dies trying to get her out?
0: I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, one of the coolest things about Witches is not even the, not even the story. The story is amazing. The artwork's amazing. Uh, everything about it is just great. But the coolest thing for me about Witches is the little monologues that Scott Snyder writes in the very back of the book. He writes these little. You know stories of his own of his own personal life explaining where the inspiration for these things in the book come from and he's always telling really interesting stories and even in this one he told a great story about Disneyland and how he used to work as a uh, costume performer and how that gave him the inspiration for uh some of the stuff in the book so I just think it's it's really cool that he takes the time to write those insights into how he came up with all this stuff because it is. A really creepy series.
1: Well, like I said before, you know it resonates with me because of my past and whatnot, everything else. Check me out with the big words here. And uh, book one. Totally. I know. Like, wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Totes my goats. So, you know, book one, you know, it was all about him. That's how book one started, you know, that whole car and crap. So I start reading book three. I'm like, Jesus, this is actually happening to this dude? Man, he's got some problems. (laughs) Of course, you know that's not the case. But still, you you start to wonder. It's like, oh, man. I won't be this guy. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So what was your uh, number one?
0: Uh, my number one was actually Rumble number four from John R. Cootie and James Herron. Uh, so much happens in this book. Uh, uh, the bartender is the guy, the main kid who was protected by the scarecrow in the first issue. Mm-hmm. And he's at the bar working or whatever. And this old man comes in, the same guy from the first and second issue. And the guy who got his arm cut off. And he's talking to him about this, his friend, the scarecrow guy. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because when you see him reach out to get a drink, His entire arm is made of bone, and he had no arm before because it got cut off. So he regrew his arm, or he's in the process of regrowing his arm by, as he calls it, ingesting uh, protein. He needs a lot of protein to regrow it. (laughs) Turns out what happens is he ate his other body part that got cut off, which is how he started to grow it back. That's pretty twisted. Yeah, it is. Uh, Then you got the story with the scarecrow going on where he's going to fight the flame demon, and he's pissed off about his body, and the flame demon and a couple other minor demons are having a little discussion about... uh, what happened to his body and where it is. And they're trying to see if they can maybe prepare it so they can actually give it back to him because they don't want to fight him because they know he'll kick their asses basically. Uh, So their, their little dialogue is real interesting. And then the stuff going on between the scarecrow and the, uh, pyro kid or metal kid or whatever you want to call him is the bartender's friend, the fat kid, the fat kid. Yeah. You can call him the fat kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they have a real great discussion going on. So you learn a lot more about the world. You learn a lot more about the gods and demons and, and all that kind of stuff. And then it just sets up the next issue so incredibly well, and I can't wait to see what happens.
1: It was good. I liked the interaction between the Scarecrow guy and the, and the fat kid and when they run into the dog. I thought it was kind of cool.
0: I thought the first issue of this series was, was just okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I read it, I was like, well, I don't really know where this is going to go or how am I even going to keep reading it. Like a lot of books, you know, you give it a shot, and if you just don't click with it quickly, you drop it. Yeah. Uh, but by issue four, this is now one of the series that I think I look forward to the most. Uh, I'm always excited when Rumble comes out. So, if that's not a good enough endorsement, I don't know what is. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you totally nailed it. So, go check out Rumble, guys. I think you'll like it.
1: All right. Okay. I do check it out. I read your copy.
0: Yeah, I know. Cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, we covered your top two, but what was your pick of the week this time? Hey,
1: my pick of the week was Guardians of the Galaxy number 2.5. Ah, from Brian Michael Bendis and Valerio Schiti. That's right. Schiti. <laughs> That guy probably had a terrible childhood. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> Clearly he's put his shit all over this book.
0: Uh, he's, I wouldn't say that unless his shit's like an amazing artwork.
1: Well, it is. It looks really fucking good. <laughs> I mean, it's completely awesome. There's some pictures in this thing. You're like, holy crap. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> like that?
0: <laughs> so Guardians was really good this week. It was almost in my top three. I, I really considered it. Um, so the Avengers and the Guardians that are on the Kree home planet of Hala are talking to the Kree Supreme Intelligence about what happened with Ronan and what the plan is for the Black Vortex. And the Supreme Intelligence wants to hide it away, where it can't hurt anybody anymore, and he wants all of these uh, Earthlings off of his world.
1: Why are they always oppressing the Black Vortex, man? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a racial thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Where's the White Vortex? Come I want to know, yeah, <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> no, uh, so Star-Lord is trying to uh, convince them to let them take it, because they feel like they have the best chance of taking it somewhere and destroying it, he doesn't really trust the Cree Supreme Intelligence. So... Jean Grey is, is communicating telepathically with everybody and they coordinate a, f- a moment to attack and they all fight and all hell breaks loose. And they're fighting and fighting and in the chaos, Nova manages to steal the Black Vortex and get away. Well, they become uh, fugitives from the Kree justice system hmm. and uh, the accusers are all after them, and they make it back to the ship and hightail it off the planet. Well, as they're escaping, uh, who else but Mr. Knife, Jason, former king of Spartax. Mm-hmm decides to take his retribution against the uh, planet Hala. And he does so by firing this weapon of Mass destruction. Mass destruction. He v-
1: went all Death Star and blew up the Kree homeworld. It's obliterated, it's gone. I don't even know what to say. The art of the planet just going to hell and the Supreme Intelligence like dying, I think, was pretty intense.
0: It was it was incredible. Yeah. Usually these crossovers don't really have any kind of lasting effects. You know, they get invalidated somehow but I, I how do you come back from that? <laughs> how do you come back from uh planet being destroyed? I mean, there, you know, obviously it could happen. They could <laughs> fix it somehow, but this seems like a lasting event with uh, real repercussions at this point. Yeah. So I was very impressed by it. Yeah.
1: Cree checked off done.
0: <laughs> so, and then of course the story continued in a couple of other books this week, uh, Nova and star Lord, I believe. Yeah. And, more crazy shit happened there. Uh, if you haven't been reading Black Vortex, I really strongly recommend going and picking it up. It's one of the
1: best X-Men crossovers that's happened in a while. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. Hell, even my younger son loves it. The cool part is I don't remember if this one was in the Guardians or it was in Nova. When he looks at himself in the Vortex to see who he was going to be or how badass he's going to be, it was pretty freaking awesome. So Nova and the Amer- African-American Vortex. Uh, were <laughs> I had to throw that in there. All right. <laughs> the Black Vortex. It's a great story. I like it. That was a great choice. Thank you, sir. Uh, So moving on, if you enjoy our show and you want
0: to support us, there are a couple of ways you can do that. Number one is by going to tweakedaudio.com and buying some really kick-ass headphones. Like, oh my God, they really are. They really are just the best. They're totally awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So these things are noise-canceling. They have incredible sound, really strong bass. Uh, They come with a flat cable design that prevents tangling. I can't say enough good things about them. And if you go to tweakedaudio.com and you buy some and use promo code COMICAL, you
1: will get one-third off the cost of your order, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. When I was at the dealership, I saw a guy with a pair of headphones that looked just like mine. I said, see, if you had to use COMICAL, you'd have got 15% off. <laughs> you got a third off. Damn, whatever. <laughs> so it's a
0: great deal. It supports the show. And uh, we appreciate anybody that goes out there and gets them. Yes. And uh, we are planning on doing a bonus episode for the people that uh, support us this way going oh. forward. So Nice. Go out there and buy some headphones, support the show. We really appreciate it. And the other way you can support the show is by donating to us directly. Go to PayPal and send some money to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Any money that we receive uh, is going to go straight back into the show. I mean, we got uh, a couple conventions coming up. We want to get a new portable recorder. Uh, we're going to start selling T-shirts pretty soon. So we're trying to get money together to order all of those. Um, we have a lot of stuff we want to accomplish this year. So anything you guys can give is greatly appreciated.
1: Please. I don't want to go out in the street and beg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we do have a little bit of uh, news this week as well. Okay. Uh, we were picked up by Your City Radio. No way. Yourcityradio.com. Who? That's yourcityradio.com.
1: Oh, I heard of those people.
0: Uh, our show is going to air every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So it's just one more place you can find us. Go check us out on there. They have a lot of great shows, a lot of cool podcasts, and a lot of uh, really awesome music shows. So go check us out. Check out some other things. I think you'll enjoy it. So moving on to the news, what would you like to talk about first this week, comics, movies, or TV?
1: Let me do some comic news.
0: Comic news. Yes, sir. Okay, so they announced today that there's a new series coming out in July, uh, which is going to be a mini-series called The Red Skull, and it's being written by our good friend Josh Williamson and drawn by Luca Pizzeria. No, that can't be right. I'm hungry. Luca Pizzari. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice reading there, bub. <laughs> I must have pizza on the brain. You must. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be a Thunderbolts-esque team. A uh, bunch of villains that have united together to go seeking the Red Skull because he's not dead after the events of Axis, and their goal is to kill him. Oh, I was just going to say
1: kick his ass, but they're
0: going to kill him. I think they want to take him out. That's the end game? So the team is Electro, okay. Jack-O-Lantern, hey. Moonstone, uh-huh. The Winter Soldier, All right. Lady Death Strike. Ooh. And Magneto. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I'm really excited for this. You know I love Josh Williamson's writing, and I like that roster. I love uh, villains you know, doing good.
1: So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, for sure. You had me picked the Jack O'Lantern. But then <laughs> when you threw in Magneto, oh, uh, damn, I'm picking this one up. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh,
0: so next is they announced today the lineup for the all-new, all-different Avengers, which is going to happen after Secret Wars is over. Okay. And this team is really interesting. Um, all right. It's going to be Thor. The, the female Thor, the one we have now.
1: Okay. We the, still
0: don't know her name. We still don't know who she is. Uh, the Vision. Okay. Miles Morales. Okay. So I'm guessing he's going to stick around in Earth-616 uh, following the events of Secret Wars. I guess. That's a pretty big clue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Marvel. Hey! So she's getting on a team book finally, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. Iron Man.
1: Okay. He's not going to be a dick anymore?
0: I don't know I don't know if he's going to be a dick anymore. um It's the red and yellow costume, his old style costume, hmm. not the superior costume. And... uh it, it, it kind of looks like he's uh, smaller in stature than normal, so I'm not sure if it's Tony Stark in, in there. Wow. We'll have to wait and see. But there's mm. going to be some version of Iron Man on the team. Pepper Potts. It could be. It could be. Uh, and then the very last member is going to be the new Captain America, Falcon. Hmm. So. Okay.
1: I like the fact that Ms. Marvel's on that team and Miles Morales. I, I'll take I'll it out. And Thor. Oh, I, yeah, Lady I, Thor. Yeah, Those are the three I'm pretty interested about. Yeah. I think it's gonna be pretty good. That's a really interesting group of people. So Falcon slash Captain America hybrid leading the team. Yeah, yeah. Man, I really like him more as the Falcon though. It just I don't I don't mind him. Okay, I'm not hating on him for being Captain America, but he was just the Falcon to me. You know, he was like badass as the Falcon. You just uh, miss Steve Rogers. I understand. I miss I, Steve Rogers. I've been a Steve too. Rogers guy for so long.
0: Yeah, it would be nice to see Steve come back, and I'm sure eventually he will because
1: obviously, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Marvel. Because the thing between Steve and the Falcon, I mean, they were such a you know yeah a cohesive unit and they you know hey, secret wars is going to mix all
0: kinds of things up you never know what's going to happen on the other side of it so you know young steve rogers may come back may come back <laughs> nice he may get his mojo back somehow <laughs> from dr evil um uh, from whoever stole it <laughs> so next is the uh, new secret wars titles that were announced this week okay the first one is new york bulletin which is going to be like a news newspaper style comic book that's coming out Uh, You remember in Civil War, they did the Daily Bugle, and it was actually printed on, like, newspaper paper. That real thin, recycled paper. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing for Secret Wars. Okay. It's going to be like a bulletin, a weekly update kind of thing. All right. Uh, Next is Spider Island, where they're they're revisiting that, which is
1: kind of (laughs) crazy. I'm thinking Kane's going to bust out, man.
0: Uh, I think that's the perfect place for Kane to come back. You were talking about that earlier today, and... Got to bring my boy back. Yeah. I would be very happy to see Kane return, because... I was so disappointed when he died in Spider-Verse, but...
1: Yeah, no, you're still holding that torch for Ben Riley too, I know. Yeah. Maybe, he can make, maybe he'll come back somehow, too.
0: Anything could happen, right? Uh-huh. And then the last... Oh, I'm sorry. And then the next title is Hail Hydra for Secret Wars, which is going to be this alternate reality where Hydra won, where they managed <sighs> to take over the world. Oh, I have to read that. And uh, it's, Captain, it's Steve Rogers' distant son is the only person fighting against them. One guy. One guy. So, that's going to be kind of cool. <laughs> that's interesting. And then the very last one is Captain Britain and the Mighty Defenders.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't really get on the Captain Britain thing. Who's going to be with him?
0: Uh, Faiza Hussein, which is the new Captain Britain,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is going to be there. She-Hulk's on the team. White Tiger. Kid Rescue. And Hobie Brown. And I'm not really sure who, who Hobie Brown is. I'm not familiar with that name at all. But I know the other ones. only two people in that book that thing I'm interested about is maybe She-Hulk and White Tiger. I like both of them. I mean, White Tiger's been really good in uh, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers, so I'm guessing this is the replacement book for that. So it'll be lame? (laughs) I'm not sure sure if it'll be lame, but I'll I'll give it a try. Uh, I'm not super excited for it. I'll just give it a try.
1: Yeah, it's not one of those that's like,
0: oh, I got to get it. I'll either be pleasantly surprised or I'll just drop it after two or three issues.
1: Do we know who's doing it by any chance?
0: No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. So moving on, what do you want next? Movies or TV? Let's go to the movies. Okay. So, movies. Lana Condor was just cast as Jubilee in X Men Age of Apocalypse. So, they're replacing the girl they had as Jubilee before in the old
1: X Men movies. I'm trying to remember who she was.
0: Uh, she only had like a small, small role <laughs> in uh, the third X Men movie, I believe. So, she's going to do the whole little, little fireworks? <laughs> probably. Yeah. And this Lana Condor girl is a relative unknown, so uh, she hasn't really been anything yet. She hasn't really established herself, so this is her first big break. So I'll give her a chance. I looked at her, I looked up her picture and stuff. I mean, she does kind of look like uh, what you'd expect Jubilee to look like.
1: You racist bastard! So
0: <laughs> I put a yellow coat on her, and you got Jubilee. Come on, <laughs> not, not a yellow coat of paint. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yellow uh, raincoat is what I meant. Obviously. I got you. All right, all right. Uh, Mar- Marina Bakarin has been revealed to be playing Copycat in the Deadpool movie. Uh, we already knew she'd been cast, but we weren't sure what role. Mm-hmm. So Copycat, if you're not familiar with her, is a character in Deadpool's early history who pretended to be Domino for a really long time. So I'm assuming we're going to see Marina Baccarin as Domino and as Copycat, and then if they use Domino in future titles, we'll see her again as that character. Uh, when they first revealed her picture, when they first revealed that she was going to be in the movie, I was really hoping she was going to play Domino, Uh, But this is a real good second choice because we're still going to see her portray both characters most likely. So I'm excited for that.
1: Good for her. It's a good opportunity to do other movies. Well, she's been in a lot of stuff. Well, you know, know, the same character. Oh, okay, okay. Next, uh, Jesse Eisenberg
0: released an image today showing himself as Lex Luthor. What's up with that head? (laughs) It's Jesse Eisenberg bald. (laughs) It's, it's <laughs> There's nothing special about it. It's not like he's wearing a costume. He's not wearing the big Luther suit or whatever. Did, like, did they uh, put an extra dome on top of his head? His head looks awfully large. No, it's it's his normal head. They just shaved him bald.
1: Looks weird. He maybe he should grow his hair back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I was, I was kind of expecting a buzz cut or some kind of variation based on the way DC's been doing things lately. Or maybe he was going to be real happy Lex Luthor and we'd see a smiling guy. Nice. Uh, but... <laughs> All we got was exactly what I expected, bald Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, so. moving back in 2028. <laughs> <laughs> Next, they released an image today of the Fantastic Four in their suits, and you get the first look at the thing. I didn't see it. It's it's kind of cool. Is it? Um, they look pretty good in their suits. Johnny Storm, it's kind of interesting the way they did the flame, because it doesn't really engulf his whole body, just the exposed parts of him. And... Yeah, like his hands and his face. So the suit... What? Okay. So the suit... I mean, the suit, I guess, just doesn't catch fire. Uh, and then the thing is massive. Like, he's a whole two or three feet taller than anybody else on the team. And, you know, he looks real big and, and rocky and... Well, he should be, don't you think? Yeah, but, I mean, every time things drawn in the comics, he's kind of a short guy. Yeah,
1: short... Yeah. They,
0: they made him really big, kind of like Korg, maybe a little bit. Huh. But uh, But more bulky. So... I think it looks pretty cool. They went big. Yeah, they went big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll give that a try. You know, It's fantastic Four. We talked about that before. Neither one of us is super excited for it, but uh, we will see it. I think yeah. the trailer at least got us a little bit excited for the movie, so yeah. we'll see it. Next, the Russo brothers have been announced to be directing the Avengers Infinity War movie instead of Josh Whedon. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, they did pretty good in Captain America, though. They did a really good job on Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, my only thing is that Captain America the Winter Soldier had only a few moving parts. I mean, the Crossbones and, and Batroc the Leaper thing were like the most in-depth they really had to get into the Marvel Universe. Infinity War is going to have everybody, and there's going to be so much going on because it's going to take place in the cosmic Marvel Universe. I'm not sure that they're, they have the experience to do that. Maybe they're reading up? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're preparing for it. Um, Bringing some advisors. I mean, Winter, Winter Soldier was really good. It is freaking Marvel. It is. Uh, they're not going to make a mistake. I'm, I'm sure of that. I'm, I'm just. I'm skeptical to see how they handle it versus Whedon. I'm, I'm a big Whedon fan, and I loved what he did with the first Avengers movie. And I have complete faith in anything he does that's related to space. So I, I was really looking forward to seeing his vision of the Avengers uh, Infinity War. But you know, I'll take what I can get. It's Marvel, so I'm happy to watch any movie they put out. And uh, I guess we'll see. Could have been worse. Could be Michael Bay. Yeah, I mean, it could always be worse. <laughs> it could D- be Ang Lee. <laughs> Ang Lee. Darren Aronofsky. I would watch anything by Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would be? It would be like really trippy, like Thanos traveling through dimensions, <laughs> <with> weird music <laughs> playing and stuff. I think that would be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the very last piece of movie news is the I Kill Giants movie. If you'll remember, we talked about that sometime last year when the fifth anniversary edition of the book came out. It's written by Joe Kelly, who's one of my absolute favorites because of his run on Deadpool. This is such a touching and inspiring story. I mean, it's about a girl who loses her mother and can't cope with that. And she has to learn how to deal with growing up in the world alone. And it's, it's really, it's a sad story. It'll make you cry if you read it, probably. But it's, it's really beautiful and just, just an amazing piece. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it on screen. Who's playing the girl? They haven't announced any casting announcements, but they did get a producer and a director attached. So Chris Columbus is going to be producing, and Anders Walter is going to be directing. So it might be a little dark. Oh, it's definitely going to be dark. Yeah. But I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be awesome. they have like Ellen Page play the girl. Uh, she's a little younger than that. In oh, the, okay. I mean, she's, she's probably going to be pretty young, like maybe seven or eight.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And that's all for movies. Uh, TV, there's just a little footnote here. Joseph Gilgum was cast as Cassidy in the Preacher TV show. Hmm. So if you're a fan of uh, Preacher, a little bit of news there. <laughs> Way to show that
1: enthusiasm.
0: <laughs> and that is pretty much it for us. So earlier in the week, we had a very special guest on the show, Mr. Kyle Starks, to talk about his brand new image book, Sex Castle. And it is just an amazing story. It's hilarious from beginning to end. Uh, it's totally <laughs> Awesome. For sure. And you need to go ahead and read it right now. Uh, Totally. Totally. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's really bitching. It really is. (laughs) But it's about this assassin, uh, and I've already read it three times. (laughs) I can't lie. I keep reading the book because it's just so great. And uh, you know, It's a throwback, man. It's just a throwback. It's a throwback to the 80s, to all these action movies from the 80s, and and you're going to love it. So we interviewed him earlier in the week, and I'm just going to go ahead and play that for you now. So... Enjoy it, and we will see you guys next week. Welcome to the show, Kyle.
3: I'm glad to be here.
0: We're happy to have you.
3: Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) All right! (laughs) Yes.
0: So for those of you who don't know, Kyle, uh, Kyle Starks, is the creator of a brand new book that came out last week called Sex Castle. And it's just amazing. If you remember, it was my pick of the week last week. I loved it. It's a real action-packed book about an assassin. And I'm not going to try to do it justice by explaining it, so I'm going to let Kyle take it away and tell you guys what it's about.
3: Uh, It is about the world's greatest assassin turned ex-Secret Service agent turned ex-con who's given up that life. He's going to go be a gardener. And then the uh, the world of Killing just drags him back in as it always will. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a polar bear. I don't know. Nice. And then it gets crazy. I, uh, I uh, was watching Roadhouse, and uh, when I, I, I watch Roadhouse probably on average, let's say, once a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, I'm saying lifetime average. If you took it— <laughs> Man. Like there's, maybe, there's maybe a week where I watched it a whole lot. But I, I was watching Roadhouse and uh, thinking about my next book, and I got to the end of Roadhouse for the umpteenth time. And I thought, man, why aren't there more things like Roadhouse? And because there aren't. And I was like, I'll just make that. And then I did. And that's Sex Castle. Hmm. I can definitely see the influence there.
4: That's really funny.
1: First of all, Dave the Nerd would be really happy that he watches Roadhouse once a month. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like with me and uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'd probably watch I, that I, once I, a month.
3: I could watch Big Tr- I could watch Die Hard. I could watch Big Trouble probably. And I could watch Roadhouse. You've got to watch this once a month. I'd be like, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very bad punishment, right? <laughs>
3: no, it's not. Yeah, no. Those are
0: classic movies.
3: <laughs> I think so.
4: I think for Justin, it'd be Grandma's Boy.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Grandma's Boy. As far as action movies, Die Hard's probably my favorite.
3: Die Hard's probably my favorite, too. It's, I feel like, it's like I've, been watching, I've watched Roadhouse just more in the last two years. I don't know if it was on Netflix. I don't remember why I ended up watching it. But I think I have nothing better to do. I put Roadhouse on. Roadhouse has moved up to like right under the lip of Die Hard, of my favorite action movies.
1: Wow. I need to go watch it now.
3: Roadhouse. You haven't seen, you haven't seen it before? Roadhouse.
1: I have saw a little... Pieces of it. That's the one when he's in the bar, right? Wait, Patrick you've Swayze. Never, you've never seen Roadhouse? He's uh-huh.
3: a, yeah, he's a bartender. Well, here's the story. What? Give, nah, I've never <laughs> seen I'll Roadhouse. The, I'll give you the gist. Patrick Swayze is like the most badass like bar guard. Like, what is his name for that? Bouncer. Yeah, that's what it's called. He's like <laughs> the most badass bouncer. He's actually the second most badass, but that's details, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy lives in like Nowheresville, nowhere, and he has a bar called the Double Deuce. And knows Nowhere'sville. Nowhere has really gone to shit. So he's like, "I'm going to lose the double deuce unless I can get this bad element out. I need the best bouncer I can." All right, that guy's busy. So he gets Patrick Swayze instead, and Patrick Swayze comes to knows, Nowhere'sville and he kicks ass for two hours. Oh wow! Yeah, and a little known fact. Oh, I'm forgetting names, but uh, oh Terry Funk, the pro wrestler Terry Funk, nice. famous Texan wrestler Terry Funk, yeah, did all the fight choreography for that movie.
0: Huh? I didn't even know that. Huh?
3: Yep. So the fight sequences are like, they're like a little bit different than every other action movie. Like it's kind of more like punchy, punchy, like realistic, punchy, punchy. My dad would be so proud of me for like criticizing the the realism of the fight sequence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I know pro wrestling. I know Terry Funk.
3: Terry Funk, famous Terry Funk. He and Mm -hmm. he's in it too. He's also in the movie. Cool. Yeah.
1: Definitely need to see this now. (laughs)
3: It's Roadhouse. Roadhouse is so dope. I'm really surprised you haven't seen it. No, I I feel like. Roadhouse and Die Hard specifically are the kind of action movies if you're like hey you don't like action movies you should probably watch maybe these two. And there's maybe some other ones but I feel like they're action-y but they're also like kind of not like there's there's more I say that with Roadhouse and it's so it's sort of so bad it's good again. But it's not it's not like um, you know Hell Comes to Frogtown or something where it's so bad it's literally so bad it's good again. It's like (laughs) Roadhouse has the illusion of that. And it's actually good. It's actually pretty good all the way through.
1: It is a really good movie. Hmm. Well, I might lose that's, my man card on this. I've seen funny. Ghost and uh, Dirty Dancing more times, I guess, than Roadhouse.
3: <laughs> well, Ghost is a good one. Ghost, I think Ghost is under. They just put that on Netflix. I watched it the other day and forgot that Whoopi Goldberg used to be like pretty decent. Yeah,
4: yeah that's true.
3: She used to be really enjoyable. My mom would be proud of that because Sister Act 2 is her favorite movie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at both my parents in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> proud of me. Well,
0: back to Sex Castle. It started out as a Kickstarter, right?
3: Yeah, I kickstarted it this time last year, actually. How did just, it go think,
0: from being a kickstarted book to getting picked up by Image?
3: Well, that's a good story. The story is Matt Fraction. That's the story. He just not read just, it and fell in love with it? Yeah, that's basically it. I, I, I ended up sort of falling into having not, not having lunch with Matt Fraction. One of my, A couple of my friends at Heroes Con were doing a podcast interview with him. And they are supposed to go to this place in Charlotte called Mertz, which is like the best soul food. It's so good. If you go to Charlotte and you don't go to Mertz, it's really disappointing. And it was kind of like the last day or the second to last day. And I hadn't been to Mertz yet. So uh, they, they were going. I'm like, oh, I'm coming with you. And they're like, oh, well, you know, Fraction and Zadarsky. I'm like, I don't care. I, look, I don't care. I just want meatloaf, man.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf's like, more important.
3: No, I, well, look, there's no – to me in my head, like these guys, they, I, like, they know – Fraction Zadarsky, like they talk to him when I see him at cons or front. I just want to go to Mertz. I can't go by myself. I, I don't have like any, like, I, like I, I just don't care. So it ended up like we didn't go to Mertz, which is like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm still mad about it, you know, but we ended up going someplace else. And, uh, you know, I, we were standing in line or whatever. And Fraction was like, Hey, I, so you have a book. And I'm like, yeah, I have a book. And he's like, Oh, I'll come and get it tomorrow. All right. Just FYI. Fraction does this. Like, he's like the nicest guy. And if you meet him and something like that comes up, he, he really does. he does it every, I know two or three other people who he went and got their books, just to be polite, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just mm-hmm. to be like a polite dude, because he is, he's the most polite dude. So Sunday comes around and uh, it's getting towards the end of the day, and he the came with well, sex criminals just came out, basically. So they have like a line, like the craziest sex criminals line, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not a bad sex criminal's line, a, a good one. Not the kind that we would scare children. All right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go over there and give it to him because who knows what will happen. Right. So I went over there and there's a big line. And uh, I'm not going to wait in the line because I want to get back to my table because I'm losing money. So I'm just like, I'm like, hey, uh, Zadarski and Fraction, who are in the middle of signing and making tons of money? I was like, here's my book that you asked for. And Matt's like, oh, yeah, great. Uh, well, how much is it? And I'm like, yeah, it's nothing. You're Matt Fraction. You get this book gratis. And Matt Fraction points at me and he says, pros get paid. And he gave me $20. Nice. Yeah, it's wow. my favorite It's my favorite comic book story. Oh, so, that's awesome. Hope you
1: framed I guess, it at $20. Bucks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not only did I get an image deal, I got 20 bucks too. So it's a pretty sweet gig all around. Yeah. But I guess, like his, I don't know if his plane was delayed or if he would just read it while he was waiting. But he tweeted about my book for like two days, which yeah. was great for me. I made a bunch of sales. That's awesome, uh, wow. And then he was. Then he was like, "Hey, do you would you would you mind if I you know email image about you?" And I was like, "No, email everybody about me. <laughs> <laughs> e- email your parents, like so. <laughs> like the like I wish it was like. I mean, it's a like the story is like Matt Fraction's awesome. Like that's the story. Pretty sweet. So that's how I got my image deal. Well,
0: your book's awesome too. Oh we're, yeah, we're both huge fans of it after reading it, and I want to go check out all your other books. Uh, I didn't even know you had been a webcomic writer and creator before this came out. So now I'm going to go back and try to find some of your uh, previous stuff to read.
3: If you, if you go to Kylestarks.com, most of it's there. Most of mine, pretty sure. I have some mini comics and stuff like anthology collections. and But I think if you go to Kylestarks.com, you can see almost everything that's not Sex Castle. Cool. Kind of early. I think some of it's been re edited, but for the most part, like Legend of Ricky Thunder is a book I kickstarted in two years ago. Which is my wrestling book?
0: Yeah, I, I read I read something about that. I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, though.
3: Uh, it's been called the best wrestling comic ever. Sweet. I did it. I did it. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I feel like it's a really small, like it's like oh, I beat those other five books out. Well, all right.
4: <laughs> Miguel's it, a big res- wrestling fan. So.
1: Oh yeah, you know I'll pick this up.
3: Yeah, it's good. But it's like I see, I can't look at it now because it's I did it in like 2012 and I did it. I'm real chatty today, guys. I'm sorry. No, it's oh, awesome. No. No, I, the thing great. is, the thing is, I'm off work today for the first time in 40 days. Oh wow! Oh my God. So I'm I'm really pumped. <laughs> <laughs> my, kid, my kid, like my kids, are staying the weekend with my mom. I'm really excited. So, uh, so the deal with Ricky Thunder was we had I have two little beautiful baby girls, and at the time we were about to have my second daughter, and we since I just had my first two years, I was like, all my time in my life will soon be gone. I will have nothing but babies and childrens, and so I was like. I always wanted to do a comic. I used to work in a comic book store. I'm a fine art major. Like, I just never really did a beginning to end full comic. I just never, I don't know why. Maybe I did like five pages of a beginning of something. But so like, this is my bucket list. Before I had my second daughter, I wanted to knock out a comic. So I did Ricky Thunder, and I was like, I, you have to do two pages a week. They have to post these days. And uh, the issue with it when I look back is some of the stuff I did that day in like a couple hours before I had to go to work. Mm. So it's tough to look back on. I, no one complains about it but me. <laughs> but I look at it and I see I was like, oh, that, This looks like a guy who had drawn comics before But it's good, everyone likes it
1: Well I can tell you this If uh, Ricky Thunder is, is anything similar to Sex Castle I'm going to love it Or even just the way you draw and the way you write I enjoyed it, Sex Castle was amazing to me I didn't get a chance to read it before we did our show And so it was Justin's pick of the week and it wasn't mine But then I read it the next day in the office Waiting and I'm like, oh my god This book is freaking hilarious he uh, looks like Jack Burton. He's kicking ass. A bunch of badass-looking assassins who are like Stallone and all those guys. Like, this is freaking hilarious. It's I like, oh, my God. I feel like I'm in an 80s movie. Yeah. And I was like, this is so awesome. I told Justin, you were absolutely right. You would have been my pick of the week, too. Nice. Uh, hands down, because it was so funny. I have to go out and pick up my own personal copy of it now.
3: Thank you. The gunchucks like... are awesome. <laughs> Spoilers. There's oh, gunchucks. bad. <laughs> It's been out for a year. People they probably know by now. Yeah. I, you know what? The thing is, like, I, I, I did it the same way I did – I kind of do everything – I mean, I guess it's going to change now because of image, but everything I've done is in a vacuum. So when I was doing that first book, I was like, well, what, what is a book I would like to read that I actually make? Like, what is the book I, – I want to do a wrestling book. So I did a wrestling book. I, I've, done, I've done a lot of mini, like little tiny things. I did a follow – I did an Adventure Wizard comic on the, the site, which was about an Adventure Wizard – He has a shotgun. He does shotgun magic. That sounds awesome. Um, You know, it's it's like, tonally, it's me. It's bonkers and fun, but it kind of lacks, like, Ricky Thunder and Sex Castle both have, like, a lot of subtext about, like, more hearty things. Like, you know, there's, like, a lot of parenting and, you know, relationships with your parents and finding your own identity stuff in Sex Castle that I think is important. And Ricky Thunder is a lot about not giving up because I'm a big fan. Hey, don't give up, kids yeah, yeah. So it's cool.
4: totally
3: agree uh, Adventure Wizard has none of that it's just bonkers and I'm all for that but it's like I look back it's like man I wish there was like I added like one more thing like one element to it that made it a little bit more than just bonkers but I have a, Yeah, they're all sort of totally the same it's like bonkers and fun and what do I want to make and I made Sex Castle and I'm now I'm like what's next but I made them all in a vacuum like I just made like what is Kyle like and I was like oh now people are looking at me huh. so it's <laughs> real hard to be like nope I'll still just do whatever I want <laughs> <laughs> No. I probably am going to do whatever I want, just FYI, but
0: that's a good thing. What you're doing, what you've done so far I've enjoyed. So yeah.
3: It's re- it's real hard to to do nothing when people are you're like, "Oh, no big deal." Just Matt Fraction saying, you know, this guy does good stuff. Like, "Oh yeah, all right. Well, I guess I got to keep making good stuff." I wasn't even really trying before. I just try to make stuff.
0: Well, do you have any aspirations to work for one of the other companies like Marvel or DC and do superhero kind of stuff? I,
3: I can't imagine I, I, I did just have a draw draw in Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Issue 3. Oh, really? I drew the Deadpool card. It's like – uh, it's about – I'm doing my hand. You can't see. It's about a half an inch by a quarter inch. It was I really did,
0: funny. I, I, re, I read the book and I saw that. That was really funny. That's yeah, the card I drew, that got, that got I drew the hand. tiny
3: little Galactus card. That's me. That's awesome. Yeah. I I, I would – I mean I because of this and sort of going from someone just making books because they really like making books – to maybe it's like, oh, you know, maybe I made something everyone seems to like. And I think everyone who's read, uh, everyone I know that's read Ricky Thunder is like, anyone who's read all my am like, I've yet to have someone be like, hey, man, you really shit the bed on that last thing. So it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm okay at this. I, I'm reaching the point where it's like I would maybe not want to work 40 days in a row anymore for somebody else, as I have been. So yeah. I would love the opportunity. I can't imagine, like, just how my dialogue is, like, which is, you know, I'm doing finger quotes, like more realistic, like sort of kind of white trashy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, like, I can't imagine Marvel being like, hey, let's get that guy and, you know, put him on Ant-Man. Although I have the best Ant-Man story. Hey, they did
0: good. give Zadarski Howard the Duck.
3: Yeah, that's true. They, that's true.
0: There's plenty of quirky characters out there that, that you would be perfect for, I think.
3: Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I could go at it. I just can't imagine they'd let me.
4: I'd be interested <laughs> to see what you would do with Deadpool.
3: But See, you know, I thought like, I've actually thought like if they were going to just hand me something like, you know, it's funny and like sort of high violent, like that'd probably be the one. But you know, I, like, I have not done anything superheroes yet, out of intentionally, because there's enough superhero comics. Someone should yeah. be making comics that are not. I think the comic medium is so open to doing any type of story you want, and all there really is is, for the most part, what, 85% is superhero comics. True. Like, no, I, I have other stories. I have stories that are not superhero comics. Well, but yeah. I would, I mean, obviously, like the pay, I mean, just the opportunity. I would do it. And I'm hoping that maybe there's, you know, maybe something, f- there's a follow-up to Sex Castle that'll be uh, maybe more episodic uh, than just, like, one big trade paperback.
1: That would well, be awesome. Well, you know, in the first one, uh, and just listening to you talk, uh, how you're a big Die Hard guy, there was no John McClane. So that could uh, be, like, your second part. John McClane comes back. <laughs> it's coming to get him.
3: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put, uh, there's a few guys that didn't make it, and John McClane comes up the most. Die Hard came out in 89, and the rest of it, so he's not, he's a like, barely in the eighties, mm-hmm. but also the thing with John McClane is the the attraction to that character is he's sort of an everyman, and the everyman can't be the bad guy, which is what all those assassins were. And Shane is trying to become that; he's trying to become just like a normal guy. So there'd be a con- there'd be a character conflict. I you put know, a lot of thought into who were going to be those assassins. You could
0: always do Son of Sex Castle like in I, the future. <laughs> nice.
3: I don't think unless something. Really demanded. I probably won't do any more Sex Castle. I mean, if I did, it'd be a prequel. Because at this point, like, he's had this terrible life and he's finally found. But, you know, the follow-up, you always kill all the ha- the people that made him happy. And then that's how 80s action movies. In fact, the only thing is, like, all 80s action movies that are worth anything have a really terrible sequel. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, it's like, well, maybe I could make that terrible sequel. Where he's just, like, going to the grocery store. <laughs> Or maybe like he's fighting an alien in the jungle, like something ridiculous. <laughs> nice. David Pan
1: shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome.
3: Uh, write it down. David Lo Pan saves president's daughter from Super City. All right. <laughs> see, see what I can do with that. But yeah, like I, I tend, I tend to think of comics, which is also something I feel is lacking, mostly because the majority of comics are ongoings. Is that you can't ever, you can't really ever hurt. A handful of those characters like there's no threat there's no risk and that affects the drama of those characters so i like stories that have beginning middles and end and that's the kind of stories i want to tell um so for my own personal stuff like you know it's like i told the shane sex castle story before he came to this situation he was in jail and before that he's a secret service agent before that he just killed everybody and before that he had a terrible life with his terrible father so like the story is done but that's not saying I couldn't do it again. I could because I, I fall in love. But I think I tell people if I was going to do, if I was honestly going to, by the end of that book, I, my favorite character was Big Sir and his polar bear. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's like those are the guys I'd probably want to see like where they go next more than anything. But I'm, I'm Sex Castle's done. I'm gonna. I'm ready for the next thing.
1: Cool. Could you see yourself writing something dark?
3: Well, I did. Um, I actually did a horror comic for Boo, the Boo anthology on Monkey Brain. Okay, and I have. Some interest in horror because I think it's really difficult to do in comics, and I feel like that's a challenge. But I think right now I'm doing sort of the high action, sort of bonkers thing with a little bit of heart is the the me yo I'm working in. But I would like, you know, I, I keep thinking like I'm going to do something serious, but then I think, well, maybe no one's ready to see, you know, the the small following of people I have, and maybe they're not really ready to see me do something sort of not silly. Then I'm okay with that because I'm pretty silly. Like that's—I I feel like I feel like comics should first and foremost be fun, because I don't think there's enough of that either. I don't think comics are fun enough.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Uh, I've one thing though I, I would say about Sex Castles—you really captured the fun. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't read that book fast enough. I cracked it open and I was just flipping pages like crazy. I, I loved it. I've, I've read it twice already.
3: <laughs> Love it. Um, Let's tell everybody. Everybody to oh, buy one. That's what, that's what we're doing. Yes. <laughs>
1: you going pick up a copy from my kid
3: no 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 <laughs> <laughs> you going to cry two times put the kids
0: so what's next for you
3: i'm not i'm not real sure there's there's a because it, it just came out with image there's a lot of there's a lot of behind the scenes things happening I, I i was hoping usually what happens is when september comes around this is going back to 2014 usually by the time september comes around i'm the like, time for the new book because I do a Kickstarter in May or March or April and then it's con season and then con season's over for me. It's like now it's time to but I've been working. I've been working literally 12 and 10 hour shifts since April of last year Jeez. at my nine to five. Yeah, it's terrible. It's so terrible. So I had never really got the opportunity. Then I tried to force a book in January that just didn't work out for me. So right now I'm like, well, this is, I'm, I'm a year off, but here's another book. Basically it's the same book, but now it's with image and I'm, wanting to promote it and see what happens with it. And maybe, hopefully, if it does well enough, I'll get some job offers. So I don't really want to get deep into what would be my personal next book and then someone be like, hey, do you want to write Deadpool? Or, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then I'll be like, oh, I'll just set this book that I've been working on. Because <laughs> usually, like, I, I if you start your one thing, you kind of want to do just that one thing until it's done. Right. So it's consistent, you know. Yeah. Well, so, I, have, I have ideas. I have ideas, man. I got ideas. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, but I'm kind of. I'm just waiting. Just giving it a minute.
1: Well, whenever you're ready to uh, unveil your new stuff, give us a holler. You're definitely welcome to come back on. Nice. Yeah, we'd love to have you on to promote. And I'm.
0: I'm almost positive that uh, the image release of Sex Castle is going to bring you some uh, some new opportunities because, uh, like, I had never heard of you before until I saw people tweeting about the book, and then I picked it up, and wow. <laughs> That's all I can say, man. It's great.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. That's what I want to hear. That's what we want to hear. Woo! That's what my kids My kids are like, woo! <laughs> they would be.
1: You need to get on with Matt Fraction and do a little bit of Sex Criminals. <laughs> you know,
3: the guy who, uh, it's interesting because I, I started going to conventions, I guess, two years ago, and all the people I sort of met, like, uh, I'm going into a line here, Robert Wilson fourth. do you guys know who Robert Wilson IV is? I know that name. I can't please it, though. He's sort of he sort of been around, but he just drew the third issue of Bitch Planet.
1: Okay, yeah, that's why you know that but, name. Yeah, like,
3: yeah. I met like I met that dude like two years ago. Everyone I met like I tabled next to Erica Henderson, who's now drawing un, uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Like, all the people I met basically at the first convention, like oh, like these these are my friends. These are my friends. All right. Like this year are sort of like rising up. But Robert Wilson the fourth was saying that he's like he's like I would love to see uh, Kyle Starks do some backups like. I I, w- I would do sex criminals backups. I'm okay with that. I know about sex. <laughs>
1: That's what. <funny. laughs> Just a little funny side note. Every time Justin picks up Sex Criminals or Sex, he puts those books in my my desk. Where they're the first thing I see when I open up my drawers. I quickly shut it. Like, come
0: on, man. <laughs> It's funny to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I could so see you writing uh, Deadpool, Kyle. I could see Deadpool just doing stupid things. all of a sudden break out the Yippie kaye, mother. <laughs> oh, no, it'd be clean. Yippie kaye, mister Falcon.
3: <laughs> the edited for TV
1: version? Right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I think, you know, I did, like, um, I did a, do you, know, you guys know Wild Dog for DC? Yeah. my chance? All right. I did a Wild Dog fan comic, like, in 2012. Oh, cool. So cool. Whatever people talk about it, like, oh, because he was like, oh, DC, isn't it time you got to renew that wild dog license? Like, where's Kyle Starks doing? Kyle Starks doesn't do anything. Go ahead, DC. So there's some guy like D- uh, D-Man. You guys know D-Man in Marvel. Uh
2: uh-huh.
3: huh. He's, he's an ex-pro wrestler turned hobo. <laughs> I, I could kill that. Yeah. That would yeah be there's, a good... guys, there's, there's some stuff out there that I could I could definitely do. Cool. But you know that's pie in the sky stuff. I'm I'm doing one book at a time now, hoping for the best. So you mentioned oh, wrestling
1: a couple of times. Are you a big wrestling fan?
3: I am not the fan I was six months ago because the mainstream product is really bad. (laughs) But what I do watch, like, yeah, I'm way into what I still watch, which is, like, uh, Lucha Underground.
1: Oh, yeah. I recently started watching that with my dad.
3: Lucha Underground is everything wrestling should be. And there's an indie indie promotion called Chikara that I'm a huge fan of. They do bonkers things like time travel stories and stuff like that. Wow. Huh. Yeah. It's it's real, like, the guy who runs the... And it's, like, A-plus wrestling. It's A-plus wrestling, too. They do a lot of tag team stuff and a lot of stuff with, like, Mexican rules, which is three-on-three. Three. There's no tag... It's really smart. And they are not afraid to do just storytelling. Like, well, how about we have a mind-control jewel? I'm like, all right, we got one. And then, like, how <laughs> many stories like, do you do? It? Yeah, it's great. Like, they they're they're real big on telling stories. And I think wrestling, you know... I, I watched it when I was a little tiny man, um, when it was just like Hulk Hogan and your Junkyard Dog. Mm-hmm. And my grandma used to take me to see Jerry Lawler at the Evansville Coliseum every Wednesday night. So when I was little, I was way into it, and then I got out of it because of puberty. <laughs> but when the ni- like the late nineties, everyone uh, I got back into it because the storytelling was so strong. And that's really what my interest is in anything is you know sort of like the. Um, the process and the actual how stories are built and how stories are told. I mean, the great thing about wrestling, like in a- wrestling and eighties action movies is no matter what the problem is, it has to be resolved with violence. <laughs> it's great re- stuff. <laughs> it's, it's really limiting, right? I mean, just like wrestling, everything has to be resolved in that one place. It, not, not that. No, it has to be right there and it has to be resolved with violence. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're getting, a. Uh, audited by the IRS. Guess how we're going to solve this.
0: Mm-hmm. It'll be far less entertaining if they bring a chair and tables to the middle of the ring and sit down and have a handshake and then walk
3: yeah. away. And <laughs> <laughs> they break out
1: and use those on each other, including the ladder.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. So I, I really like, I'm really, and I think, I think comics are kind of the same way too, especially like, you know, the big superhero comics is that everything's sort of resolved with violence. It's so limiting that whenever any of these things are actually like they, they rise above that. It's so much better than just like did you see like did you see that really good Oscar nominated drama? I did. That was so well done. The acting was so tight, the real character development. No no. These guys had to do that with like a steel chair match, you know? <laughs> so I feel like it's like a it's such an achievement. It's a it's a greater achievement to to be great in something so stupid. Yeah. So I'm a big I'm a big fan now. And now it gets harder and harder. It's just it's turned into like, the WWE stuff's turned into this weird McDonalds product where they don't risk anything and they don't really care outside of, like, oh, this is what our hamburgers taste like now. Like, Do you guys want to tell a story? No? All right. Well, Chikara does, and Lucha Underground does. Lucha Underground is pretty great. It just started, too. So,
1: Yeah, I saw Alberto Del Rio on there uh, the other day.
3: Yeah. But, Alberto, uh, Alberto Del Rio, like, did you, when, did, when did, did you watch? So they just had a match, which was uh, a casket match, which is, okay, that's fine. But the match is between the human representation of a phoenix, mm-hmm. okay? And their human representation of death. Like, what's that great about that? It's death fighting a phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, it's, the, it's the man of a thousand deaths versus the phoenix, who can who has a thousand lives, right? Mm-hmm. And they had a casket match, and it was amazing. That sounds. So that's what awesome. I want in wrestling. I want. I don't like. I don't care about tough guy. Oh, tough guy and tough guy are mad about tough guy. Oh, okay. Well, I guess tough guys are always going to be mad about the other tough guys. Thanks. Like, no. <laughs> I I want the dudes who are mad at each other because like the one guy stole the other. I don't know. I can't even think of one of the other story. Okay, uh, Alberto de Rio is fighting a guy who he beat in Mexico and he stole his belt. That's the whole thing. He stole his belt or he feels like he did. Like that's good. Like that's what I want. I want to see like these actual characters interacting, like characters. Or like, yeah, they have to fight at the end. But until yeah. we get to the fight, like I'd like to, I'd like to care for some reason <laughs> other than just here come some guys in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's fine.
0: That might but, be the show title. <laughs> some
3: guys in their underwear. <laughs> like, that's not selling Kyle Starks. Like if you want <laughs> Kyle Starks to watch someone in their underwear. Honestly, they need to be ladies. I'm not. I'm not buying into just dudes rolling around. That's perfectly fine. Because you know sex, right? I know a little bit about sex. <laughs> you
2: know,
3: aesthetically, I have a preference. So
2: <laughs>
1: that's awesome. That's good stuff.
0: Well, but, speaking of good stories. We did tell you we have a segment called Tell Me a Funny Story. So my wife's actually going to tell the first one, and then we're going to have you tell a second one.
4: Well, uh, I I don't know how old I was. I was pretty little, I guess. And my mom would always clean, and she was a stay-at-home mom when I was little. And uh, so I would always watch her clean, so one day I thought I'd help her. And uh, she used to clean, you know, it's like the Comet cleanser. You know, like that powdery cleanser? Yeah. Okay. So I decided, oh, I'm going to help my mom and clean with that. Except for I didn't actually get the cleanser. I went and got the baby powder, and my, my dad had just bought a brand new VCR.
0: And this was the early 80s. so. Yeah,
4: this is the early 80s. You know They were when
0: expensive. You,
4: <laughs> this shit was, like, not cheap at all. So I decided to, like, clean the VCR, and I poured baby powder in our brand new VCR and broke
3: it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No.
4: My mom was so pissed. Oh, was, it a top,
3: was it a top loader?
4: No, no, it wasn't. It was just the all front right. one. And I, like, dumped it inside thinking I was helping clean and, yeah. Totally destroyed the brand <laughs> new, like, $200 VCR that, you know, my dad had just bought. So, there you go. That's pretty <laughs> funny. It's pretty, pretty tragic. Not yeah, it pretty tragic for the VCR. And my mom couldn't even use it. She was, like, so angry.
0: Well, her mom told us that story when she was visiting not that long ago. And she said that she walked in the room and noticed there was powder all over the floor. And she was like, what is what is this? And she noticed that there was stuff all over the console, the entertainment console. So she went over and opened up the the VCR because she could tell there was stuff all over it. And just this big poof of white came out when she picked it up. She was like, what the hell is this? And she thought a tape had disintegrated in there. Oh my
2: gosh.
0: (laughs) It took her a while to figure out that Heather was just trying to help.
1: Yeah, pretty much now playing baby powder, the
4: movie. (laughs) Exactly. I was an only child, so I had to come up with mischief, you know, To create havoc for my parents.
3: What about you, Cal? you have a funny story for us? All right. I like to think I usually have a ton of funny stories. But as aforementioned, I've done nothing but work. And my work stories are not funny. They're about me toiling. But I thought my best stories are always about my daughters. So my four-year-old, who is the aforementioned, had not yet been born child when I made Ricky Thunder, is sort of feral. Like, there's some concern, like, we'd look out the back window one day and see Jama like, riding with the alley dogs with, like, a femur in her hand. <laughs> where, where did she get the femur? And why did she so quickly acclimate to leader of the alley dogs? It was, like, it, it wasn't anything to, like, proven. It was just a sense, you know? Like, Jemma, like, this was, she would have been, she's four now, so she probably would have been two or three. But she's tough and... She didn't take anything off anybody. Anyway, is the best. And I have a lot of stories about Jemma. I'm going to side to a modern Jemma story before I go back. Okay. We've been playing uh, Lego Marvel, me and my four-year-old daughter. And so like, we have, like, I, you know, you have all the characters. If you're not familiar with Lego Marvel, it's like all the Marvel characters, basically. Yeah. Like anyone you'd want. All right. So we're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to play the game. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I'm going to be this one. And you're like, all right. Uh, why did you pick? She's like, this is who I am. And like, you are Galactus. And she's like, Yes. I'm like, all right, well Galactus eats planets. He's really bad. She's like, This is who I am. I'm little Galactus. Alright, like and then she, I'm like well do you want maybe pick someone else, maybe pick someone who's not Galactus. And so she picks she picks Magneto. Yes. I'm like I'm like, hold on. Maybe pick some, maybe someone who's not she's like, I pick this one. It's Doctor Doom. I'm like, Alright, it's fine, go back to Galactus. <laughs> Clearly there's a mode. And a type of character that you are gravitating towards. And who am I to stop that? In fact, so she's like, this year for this year for Halloween, I'll be Galactus. And I'm like, sweet. Do you know Galactus is eater of worlds? She's like, yeah. It's like, so when people ask you what you are, what will you say? She's like, I'm Galactus. <laughs> eater of worlds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
3: So this is, I'm going to put two stories together just because Jame is like the funniest human I know. So we were at dance class, which is ballerinas, which is little four-year-olds, and they were like, black leotards with their little cute tutus right mm-hmm. and jamma is in charge she's in the front of the line and i say i say jamma now you know you're the leader they're going to rely on you and she says eater of
2: worlds <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: good one good one Doctor all right so going back to when she's two because the setup is that Jama is hilarious and awesome and maybe evil <laughs> we're not sure so it had been another period of time where I had been working twelve-hour shifts for quite a while, and I'm at my computer. I'm probably working on sex guys. I'm probably working on something. And I say, I Jamma, Daddy's so tired. And Jamma says, "You should go to sleep, Daddy. You should go to sleep in the hole." <laughs> what? What? You should go sleep in the hole, Daddy. I'm like, all right, we never sleep in this house again. <laughs> <laughs> The next, the next day, my, my wife made a ham, and she said, Daddy, I can't wait to eat mama's meat. Jama. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Jama. That's my story.
0: She sells awesome, man.
3: She, she's totally <laughs> awesome. We drove around, and yeah, I got my rental car. She's like, nice new car. I'm like, no, it's not our car. She's like, Daddy, you got a good new car. I'm like, it's not our car. It's a borrowed car. She's like, all right, Dad. I'm like, no, we're just, we have to take it back. She's like, is this the new, we have a, my car is so old. I have a, like a 2003 Cavalier. It's falling apart. We call it dirty car. <laughs> and we say dirty cars got dirty rules. So if you like spill something in daddy's car, it's totally okay. It's like no big deal. And <laughs> <laughs> like, we spill like, daddy, I spilled something. Yeah. Like, eh, what did we say? Said, dirty car has got dirty rules. Then we're in bar <laughs> she's like, she's like, is this the new dirty car? It's like, no, no, no. This is the bar of car. <laughs> There's no best bar of car. That's great. He's my favorite human. You know what you guys had asked earlier? Like, I really, because everything I've done is, like, super adult, I really want to do something that my kids can read. Yeah. Um, I really want to do something all ages. And I've had, like, I was like, oh, I'll do this. But things keep, like, I was going to do something before Sex Castle, but I was so entranced with, like, the Sex Castle story I had told myself that. I was like, no, I have to do this first. So I keep pushing back, like, this all ages book that I'd like to do at some point. But even now, I think I have two books before I even, it keeps going back, back, back. By the time I do it, my kids will be like 23. <laughs> like, I finally got around to making that book for you, girls. Oh, Dad. We're reading Sex Castle now. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's some my little girls, because I have one. She's 23 now. Uh, but, yeah, she chose all the bad guys, too. In the wrestling, she was like, oh, I like Triple H. Oh, I like Raven. Oh, I like X-Pac. I'm like, really? <laughs> it's like, what happened to the good guys? Uh, and also, in the games, she would play, she'd always play the bad person. And then um, she got older. I bought her like Sims, you know, the Sim Planet and Sim Park and all that stuff. And so she'd make a ni- Sim Safari. She'd make a nice little Safari thing and put a watering hole and put a, a hippo in there. she goes, look, Dad, it's a hippo because she knows I like hippos. And then yeah. she goes, hey, 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 hey. and then she starts clicking like 18,000 alligators. Look at them eat the hippo. Look at it die. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then she's got these people in their huts. Look, I'm God. <laughs> Lightning and fi- they're burning their own fire. Or she built the amusement park one and then locked all the gates and let the animals out. I'm like, what is going on? I'm God again. Oh. <laughs> like, what is happening here? So, yeah, the little girls. She threatens me now with, Dad, I'm the one who's going to decide what home you're going into when you get older. That's
3: right. (laughs) Come on! That's why I had had two girls. (laughs) One of them watch out for me when I'm older, though presumably the other one would overpower her. So it's probably a lose-lose. Jamie's going to be in charge no matter what, and that's frightening.
1: I can see that. Eat her a
3: world. (laughs) Now, you have to lead all the little other ballerinas, Okay. You got to be a good leader? Eater of worlds. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh, that was awesome. man.
1: Uh, kids or something
3: else. But you know what? That's what you want. You know, she's got big aspirations. She doesn't want to be the villain. She wants to be the universal villain. That's cool. Yeah. That's my dude. I love gotta, my dude so much. Be a, like big. Little dudes are the best dudes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that,
4: That's Miguel's uh, tagline. Go big or go home.
3: That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: go big. Cool. Well, uh... Why don't you tell our audience where they can find you online?
3: They can find me uh, on Twitter. I'm relatively active on Twitter, place else, which is uh, at thekylestarks.com. Not to be confused with akylestarks.com. Oh, no, no.com. There's no .com. <laughs> it's Twitter, at thekylestarks. And I have a website, which is www.kylestarks.com. I do not update it very much at all anymore since I've kind of moved into published works uh, I also have a Tumblr, which is robotmountain.tumblr.com, which I post silly things on and a lot of little mini-comics and stuff, and I think that's it.
0: Cool. Well, everybody go out there and read Sex Castle because it is an incredible book, and I'm going to go out there and check out your other web comics as soon as I get some time. Uh, if you want to listen to us, there's a couple different places you can find us now. You can find us at nerdbong.com. You can find us at wickedradionetwork.com. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you listen listened to us on either of those, please leave us a five star review because we're trying to get those numbers up. Five stars. <laughs> do it. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. And on Twitter, I'm at comical podcast.
1: I'm at comical podcast two.
4: And I'm at comical podcast three.
0: So thanks again, Kyle. It was a lot of fun. And uh, do you want to close out the show? With uh, what, what, like a dance?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep on laughing, bitches.